Here we go on a Thursday. Welcome aboard. It's the Press Box. We're back. Ed, Tyler, and Jared. Is that I a mean, new we hat? didn't really go anywhere. Is that a new hat? You did. I mean, yeah, I was gone. Well, you were gone. But, you did. Yeah. Is that a new hat? No. I got this last year for $15 after they lost the World Series because it has a World Series patch on it, and they were trying to get rid of everything in the team store. You ordered it online, or were you there? No, I was there okay. when I went and watched the Astros lose the World Series. Is that a snapback or a flex fit? Snapback. I've never worn it. <laughs> Only like the flex fits. I've never worn a, I, I, The kid has many, many snapbacks. That's all he wears. I've never worn it. I mean, I've seen Generational them. thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I know people who likes who like flex fits and or fitted. They yeah, like fitted. but they're all your age. No, not the fitted. This the flex fit. I don't think so. No, I'm just happy so. Tyler has like some bend in that brim. He does have bend in the brim. Yeah. Did that come with it, or did you do that yourself? I did that myself. Yeah. That's my biggest straight. pet peeve. Is like, what what is the point of the flat bill? That's how they sell most of them now. You gotta I, go I out don't of your like way it. to bend them. I do not like it. Hat style, that's what the press box is here for. Yeah. This is where this is our expertise. This is what we do. Where's your Kraken hat? I have not seen the I Kraken wore that hat. yesterday. You weren't even here oh. yesterday. Ask Danny. You wore the Kraken hat and I wasn't ask, here? Ask Danny. I had the Kraken hat on. Yeah, exactly. I had the Kraken hat on yesterday. It was a big show yesterday. Danny, <laughs> myself, and the Kraken hat. It was very exciting. Might as well start this one. <laughs> the first bite. The first bite is brought to you by the Unnecessary Roughness podcast, who we could definitely beat at basketball. Why did Derek Carr sign this extension? Uh, here's the thing. Wrote about it today. Hello, sweet spot. And there's only one sweet spot. And the only one that's sweet is Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, because this thing is all about the Raiders. And to me, this is him getting, he's auditioning. He's auditioning for one year. Right? That's all he's doing. What that's an, all he's doing. What an unbelievable deal by the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, McDaniels and Ziggler, unbelievable. They nailed Golf it. clap for that thing, man, for those like, for them coming out with that thing. So the actual, and the reason we're saying this, Derek Carr signed a three-year extension that's worth $120 million. But in reality, Derek Carr only has this season guaranteed, and it's only for $25 million. Yeah. He was getting 20 to begin with. Yeah. He got a very small raise to play this season. The second year of this deal becomes guaranteed after the third day of the offseason. So that means there's a window for the Raiders once the year is over to they can cut Derek Carr or potentially trade him. Now, obviously, Derek Carr got a no trade clause as well. So Carr would have some control there. But the Raiders are not committed to Derek Carr for more than one season. And then on top of that, even after the third day of the offseason, 2023's uh, salary becomes fully guaranteed, and then only $7 million mm-hmm. more million more of the rest of this contract mm-hmm. becomes fully guaranteed. This is basically three one-year deals. This is three. This They signed a one-year contract with back-to-back team options yeah. thrown on there. That is unbelievable by the Raiders because I, I – and here's the other side of this. Why on earth did Carr sign this? He didn't want to play golf. (laughs) This is all he could negotiate. I mean, we just had a month ago, Deshaun Watson, who didn't play last season, is going to be suspended this season, sign a 100% fully guaranteed contract with the Cleveland Browns. And Derek Carr got one year fully guaranteed at signing. 
I think it's a I think it's a obvious answer that they don't necessarily believe in him yet. But why would he sign it? I mean, I, I maybe listen. He said it again yesterday. I don't know him well enough to know what inside he feels. Maybe he is Mr. Raider. Maybe he, he Adam Hill asked him the question. He said, if it was one year, one year, I would have played on it, given everyone around me. Maybe he just loves this organization so much and wants to be a Raider and wants to play and didn't want to have a whole lot. I don't know. I, I can't answer that question. I, I don't think any of us can because we're not him. We're not, we're not him. We don't know why he signed it. I mean, we, we just don't know. Deshaun Watson got $230 million fully guaranteed a month ago. Carr got 25. Yeah. Like, we both think Deshaun Watson's better than Derek Carr. Yeah. He's not 10 times better no. than Derek Carr to get 10 times the guaranteed no. money. This is an unbelievable. The only thing that I think Carr actually got out of this is a no trade clause. Yeah, and they might have just thrown that in there for him because if they don't want to trade him, they can just cut him. Yeah, but in in, in reality, right, I guess Carr could be just awful this year and have right. a Baker Mayfield type season and everybody's like, whoa, stay away from that guy. Right. But that's unlikely. Carr's probably going to be fine this year. But if this team doesn't make the playoffs, if this team finishes last in the AFC West and McDaniels and Ziggler say it's not going to work with this guy, Carr does have some power with that no trade clause because I highly doubt some. the Raiders would straight up cut him. Unless he sucked. Like, if he has a good year, I doubt they're going to straight up cut him. They're going to try to trade him because you want to get Well, you want to get something from so him. So Carr has some control in terms of he could dictate where he gets traded to. But that's the only thing I'm looking at and seeing he got. Otherwise, he's on back-to-back-to-back one-year mm-hmm. deals for the Raiders. And for a quarterback, that's awful. I mean, that, that's that's a horrific deal for well, a Well, especially someone going to his ninth year. Right. Who's been pretty good. So I cannot figure out why Carr signed this, but for the Raiders from the team standpoint, oh. home unbelievable. run. A grand slam. What, what were they waiting on? Yeah. <laughs> like, why did this if take this, so long? If this was the sweet spot, <laughs> this thing should have been done like a month ago. If this was the Raiders' sweet spot, and it's a lot sweeter deal for them. There's no question about that. I mean, I, again, I'll go back to my original point. So it's, it's, he's auditioning for his job, he's obviously betting on himself. Why in the end he signed it, I don't know him. None of us know him. We don't really know why he signed it. Um, it doesn't make sense from the outside looking in that he would sign this and that he would agree to this, but he did. So he's in an audition phase this year. And his ninth year, that's what he's in. And even if things go okay this year, in 2023, he'll still be in an audition yeah, phase. For because, the next year. Because he only gets seven get, of yeah, the 40. They can cut him after the second year of this, and yeah, he gets $7 million. But that's, I mean, to an NFL team, that's kind of nothing to pay $7 million for a guy to go away. Teams do that all the time. So uh, it's incredible deal by the Raiders. Unbelievable. It ge- gives them flexibility, gives them the ability to evaluate Derek Carr. Now, in re- let me ask you this. How many years does Derek Carr play on this contract? Not how many years does he play with the Raiders, but this contract before either he's off the team or they restructure it completely. For the Raiders? Yeah. I look, I don't I think I know we're saying it's a one year deal, but I think he'd have to be really, really bad for them not to pick him up th- before yes. three days after. So I do think I don't I don't think they're going into this idea that they're gonna cut him. Yes. It's just that they left it they left themselves a big out. Yes. Which good for them. In case things go so very I think he I think he plays at least this year and the following year on the on the deal. I think there's. I don't like, know if I'd get to the third year yet. I think there's like an eighty-five plus percent chance he plays two years on this deal. This year and next. I'd say there's about a fifty percent chance he plays three years on mm-hmm. this deal. 
And then the fourth year on this deal probably never happens. He either gets some sort of restructured signing or he's off the team completely. And what's interesting on that is if you remember how the Devontae Adams contract is structured, Devontae Adams only has one year guaranteed right. too. It's it's I don't think the timing is exactly the same in the offseason, but Devontae Adams, his first year is fully guaranteed. His second and third year don't become guaranteed until after this first season. So if they completely suck, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr can be gone. Raiders can get rid of both of them and start over from there. Or what I think is more likely to happen, they bring back Derek Carr and they bring back Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, and it ends up being a two or three year window here for those two to be good. That I think is the reality yeah. of what we get. But the Raiders did a tremendous job to give themselves flexibility. They they went all in this offseason, but also now have the ability to completely change their offensive personnel this offseason, next offseason, if things go poorly, yeah. which is incredible. I mean, I don't know. By him ultimately signing this, I don't even know if, and I see in the rundown here, if he even threatened to sit out. I don't, I mean, he. how can you threaten to sit out and ultimately sign this deal? What did he get in return? The only thing he got is the no There's trade no clause. There's no trade clause. I mean, that's it. Yeah, so did he threaten to sit out? Did they just smile at that and say, whatever, yeah. go ahead, because you're going to take this deal. This is what we're offering you, and he eventually, he eventually signed the deal. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I, it doesn't make sense. If he had threatened to sit out, I would have think he would have gone longer than what is it, April 14th? Yes. Before he signed this deal, yeah. he would have gone into the summer. Yeah. I would think he did not get an obscene amount of money, right? It's we, no. Yesterday when we talked about it, before we knew the guarantees, we were like, yeah, that that's that's about right. What we expected Carr to get. It's very similar to the Matt Stafford. He didn't get a ridiculous amount of years, right? He didn't get uh, very much money guaranteed in this contract. Literally, the only win for Derek Carr is the no trade clause. Like in terms of a negotiating battle, if he and if he and Dave Ziegler were negotiating this contract, the only thing I see as a win for Derek Carr is the no trade clause, which is it could be important depending on how the next couple of years go. But that's it. That's all Derek Carr got out of this. It's it's unreal. The team managed hey, to get him. To if sign he's this. really really good and they go deep in the playoffs, he'll be underpaid. He will be this year and next year. Yeah, exactly. He's it's twenty five million this year, and then it's thirty three. Let's say he goes deep, deep in the playoffs. Let's say he goes the AFC Championship, and he's not at forty. Yeah, and he won't be at forty the following season either. That's it's incredible. That's unbelievable that the Raiders got. They're getting two years if they want it of Derek Carr for it could cost them sixty five million dollars. Right for two years of Derek Carr. That's incredible. That's unbelievable that they did that and. They can just move on afterwards. Like there's no, there's no, there might be some dead cap money at the end there, but there, there's no. I think if they move punishment. on from next year, I read the dead cap's only five million. Yeah, which is so not much. Yeah, it's nothing. It's it's an unbelievable uh, deal for the team that I, I can't believe Carr took. Um, and you're right. I don't. He couldn't have. He couldn't have threatened to hold out because no. if he actually threatened to hold out. Well, he'd go longer. Like I said, he'd right. go into the summer. He'd at least go into May or June just to see what they would do with him. Or would have at least gotten a better deal right. out of the Raiders. It, he didn't get a good deal out of the Raiders. So, I don't know. great job by Ziggler and McDaniel. It's oh. the best contract this, this is how they're going to If this years. is how they're negotiate their deals, they're, they're going to be pretty uh, <laughs> pretty successful in negotiating. Yes. I mean, if this is – and Devontae Adams as well. Yeah. Adams is – So, they're two main players in the yeah. offseason. They have – absolutely team-friendly contracts. Adams is is better for the player because years two and three become guaranteed after this first season, whereas Carr gets year one and, like, not even, what, 
20% or something like that of year three. So Adams is better, but it's still one year thing. And the other part on Adams, they traded a first and a second round pick for him. It's highly unlikely they get rid of him after one year, right? Even if he, even if he's bad this year, they're still going to say, well, we gave up a first and a second. We got to bring him back for at least a second season. And when you go to Carr, Josh McDaniels in, in Vinny Bonsignori's story today said, well, it's not like there's any surprise behind curtain number two. I think insinuating, of course, we'll pick up next year. Again, you can say that on April, whatever this oh, absolutely. is. Absolutely. I mean, if they're five and twelve and he's no good, which I neither of us think it'll happen. But let's just let's just say it happens because no one knows. We don't know what they're gonna what type of team they're gonna be yet. Um, you can say that now, but you can also move on from him after a year and then say, well. It just didn't work out. We thought it would, but it just didn't work out. If they truly believed, yeah, of course we're going to pick up year two, they would have fully they guaranteed, guaranteed year it. one and year two yeah, exactly. in this contract. Absolutely. But they, like, listen, these contracts aren't just, like, made up within two minutes, right? There's a lot of thought that goes into this. Right. This was purposely put in there because Ziegler and McDaniels wanted the flexibility of, well, we don't believe in cars, so if year one goes south, we might get rid of them and go do something else. Like, that's in there on purpose. It's not in there because, sure. oh, we just phrased it weird, and that's how it ended up. No, it's in there on purpose. And if they truly believed in Carr for, that they were going to have him for year two, they'd have fully guaranteed it already. And their reasoning was, a lot of the reason was, well, if he does this, it can free up money for other people, whether it be Renfro or Waller. He took a Tom Brady discount. This is not a Tom Brady discount. I don't think Tom Brady ever played on a year where they could cut him after a year, and there was one. You know, he got he got a $4 million raise. It's also not necessarily a Tom Brady discount because – the money does come if he stays on the contract. It's a Tom Brady discount for years one and two. Right. But years three and four. Yeah, he'll get his money. He'll get his money, and, and that doesn't that doesn't help the team, right? If Carr's no. looking around. And getting like, 40 oh, plus. Yeah. I'd, wait, we lost everybody, and I'm getting paid $40 million? I thought I tried to help the team. It right. won't matter in year three and four. Coming up next, Clayton Kershaw giving up a base runner yet this year? 1-0 pitch. There's a ground ball toward the middle. It is scooped up by Gavin Lux. He played the short hop. What a play by Lux. On to first, Urshela's out, and Kershaw is perfect through seven innings. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew going in that my pitch count wasn't going to be 100, let alone, you know, 90 or whatever. So it's a hard thing to do, to have to come out of a game when you're doing that. But like I said, we're here to win, and that uh, this was the right choice. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. I feel like you are an unpredictable Dodgers fan for when you get mad at things. And I have no idea whether or not you're actually going to be mad at Dave Roberts for pulling Clayton Kershaw with a perfect game through seven or happy because Kershaw needs to be healthy. Second favorite player of all time. As competitive as they come, I wanted him to finish it. Hey, so you're mad at Dave I want Roberts. Him to finish. Well, I mean, I mean what, is, does the day end in why? I mean, <laughs> what, what am I not mad at that guy? Uh, I wanted him to finish. I know he went in and he said, oh, talk to Dave before the 7th. I said 85 is enough. Um, he's really competitive. I think he said the right things after the game. He said after the game, you know, probably the organization would want him to say. But he's really, really competitive. I can't believe he didn't want to finish that thing. I don't, I don't believe so you, that for So a you believe he's... Lying yeah. effectively. Uh, effectively, he's saying what he thinks as a pro and as the leader of the team, he should say. And in reality, he, he, he wanted, wanted to finish to go out. Yeah, for absolutely. The, for the perfect the game. You don't think so? I mean, yes, you, you want to pitch a perfect game, but I think short and spring training, pretty much every pitcher's going into their first start with a 
predetermined pitch, pitch count right. that they're going to be around. Hell, he probably went over what his was going to be already. So I I feel like it was the smart decision. I feel like Dave Roberts made the right choice yesterday because Clayton Kershaw throwing a perfect game, as nice as it sounds, what are you going to do when you look back and Clayton Kershaw makes 11 starts this year because he threw out his elbow, uh, but hey, he had that perfect game in April. He had a perfect game. There's like... Yeah, but as a Dodger, you don't care about that. I want to win the World Series. I exactly. get that. I get that. I just, you know, maybe it's just my fandom of him and in, in how much, you know, he was my, you know, I mean, that by far, by far my favorite player. I would have been more mad at uh, Alex Vesia than Dave Roberts. Oh, to come in and give up the hit. Give up a hit. Like, the, yeah. what, the second like battery right away. faced? Yeah, he yeah. gave up a hit right away. I'd be more mad That at happened him. with the Padres and Darvish and, and the Padres' first two games. Remember, they had yes. no hitters, like, through the sixth or seventh, and I think it might have been the same I guy think it who was came the same in. Reliever. The same guy who came in and gave up this. Like, hey, dude, <laughs> come on, come on. Maybe he shouldn't be the first exactly. out of the Maybe right now. <laughs> I mean, in theory, he all he had to do was the eighth and the ninth. That's six pitches, right? He just literally get them to... Just throw fastballs down the middle. Down if they the hit middle. it, they hit it. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like... <laughs> Or throw it, you know, do, high and away, try to you, get them to pop it do up. Do you tell them, the other team, hey, I'm going to throw a fastball down the middle. You just swing. Yeah. And if I'm you get a hit, it, if you get a hit, then I'm I'll be done. out of the game. If, I'm if, if the game. six of you bums can't get yeah. a hit, then, then I get I've a perfect, perfect game. game. I Actually, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Because just screaming it out. Hey, here it comes. They won I'm seven throwing. nothing. What was the score in the seventh? Was it seven already? Three zero. No, it was only three. Muncie hit a little close. Muncie hit a home run. Oh, well. That's what I would have done. I would have been okay with that. Tell tell the twins, hey guys, I'm throwing it right down right the, middle. Down the middle. Swing away. I I'm, I got six pitches. Don't take any of these. Just swing away. It's right down the middle, and we're good to go. Because he said there in that that interview, 85, they agreed was the number in this before the seventh inning. So one over that. If he had just thrown six more pitches yeah. right down the middle, it's a good plan, Jared. And some moron would have fouled it off. Oh, would have ruined the whole. No, thing. they foul it off, and that's when you know the first baseman or the catcher better run up into the stands and make that catch. <laughs> Did you see Vlad Guerrero yesterday? I oh, not. my God. I saw, I his, saw what he did. He gets his hand stepped on. Uh, had to get stitches after the game. But after getting his hand stepped on, hits three home runs. Gets his stepped on what? Stealing? Uh, I was not watching, so I do not know exactly how it a happened. Lot of, yeah, it's hard to get your hand stepped on. But he you're... had three. Garrett Cole gave up four hits. Three were to Vlad Guerrero. And three two home, home runs. runs and a double. And then he had a home run off a reliever, too. Unbelievable. Amazing. That guy's incredible. Was the first one... The first was it the first one where he was standing on second going, I think I hit a home run. Like he was literally pointing, like, review that, review that. <laughs> Are the Blue Jays the Grizzlies? Oh um, no, because I think the Blue Jays were a lot of people's picks to win. That's a good point. Yeah. And the Grizzlies weren't. So I think the Blue Jays are really good. So do you believe you Adam believe, Candy came on and said that's the Blue Jays? Issue. Well, he's a Yankees fan that is always going to deflect to some other. <laughs> like AL I always East say, team. it's going to be the Padres or the yeah, Giants. The yeah. Dodgers are finished. He always third. deflects to some other AL East team. He's no, always but like, I, I think oh, a lot the of Rays. people him. Yeah, so, that's fair. Do you believe they can actually win the World Series though? I'm not so sure they. I'm not so sure they can. So they're the Grizzlies. I'm not so sure they can. They're just a little well, bit. They're a little I'm bit earlier in, in the earlier season. because in the I'm saying before the season, a lot of people pick right, them. but they're still the Grizzlies. If you don't like the Grizzlies, to me are super fun team, that's good, but you don't believe they can win the championship. The Blue Jays are a super fun team uh, that's good. And I'm you, trying to think about the Grizzlies. No, I don't think they can win the title. I don't think they can get by Phoenix. The Blue Jays are the same. Super fun, good. You don't think they can win the title? I think they can win the title more than I think the Grizzlies oh. can. 
I think I'll, I, if you said who, which one would you pick, I'd pick the Blue Jays over the Grizzlies because the Suns don't exist in the in the yeah, American exactly. League right now. There's no Phoenix Suns. Starkus's Red Sox aren't very good. <laughs> All right, I've got a complaint for you. Uh, I went to the Astros and Diamondbacks games yeah. the last two days. We have got to ban children from all public places, oh, or at least go. at least go. baseball right. games. This is the most. This was the most insufferable baseball game I've ever been to in my life. Where'd you sit? Uh, down the third baseline, like okay. thirty rows up. And the amount of kids at this game already unbelievable. Why, why aren't they in school? What are we doing? Spring here? break afternoon it, game. It was spring break. Oh, no well, wonder. it's spring break here. So if there's a lot of kids there, my guess is it might be spring. What break a disaster! There Easter. These kids. A, did not watch the single second of the game, but more importantly, or more annoyingly, spent the entire game jumping up and running around. Like, they did not stay in their seats. I'm like, I want to watch this, and there's 400 kids the just running around. It's the Diamondbacks. Me. Couldn't you have changed seats? I'm surprised you didn't sit in the dugout. Yeah, I could have changed seats. There were kids everywhere. The only place I could have sat without kids was in the upper deck down the right field corner where nobody was sitting. So I guess maybe I should have gone yeah, there. Yeah, maybe you should have gone there. There were kids everywhere. Like 50% of that crowd had to have been kids. Like not literally teams, just regular kids. Just, re- just families with like four kids that were there. If, wow. Unbelievable. I, I, when I was... Plus the old people who also get up and move every six seconds as well. Where I've never moving? seen more old people. I don't know. The first game we were there, there was like a group of eight old people in well, front of in us. You're in Arizona. Yeah, apparently. There's like a group of eight old people in front of us. Every half inning, one of them, one of them would just get up and move seats. <laughs> they, just, they just all sort of spread out. So you don't like, want anyone old and you don't want any children. Listen, you can be whoever you want. Just stay in your damn seat for more than 30 seconds at a time. Well, kids. The amount of times I had to stay. Exactly. So ban them. Whoa. whoa You're whoa, not whoa. allowed to be there if you can't sit in your seat. I will say. That that was the rule my dad had. Yeah, we're going to the baseball game. You're going to sit right here. Yeah, your dad would and, be great. And if there is a chance, I may send you on a beer run. But <laughs> you're going to stay right here. <laughs> he would have been great. <laughs> Unlike this guy in you're front 10. of me. Well, I need another one. I mean, I will also say that I also always brought a Game Boy because <laughs> we saw a lot of Royals games during the years that they was like, what is it, twelve nothing? All right, I'm going to I'm going to the Pokemon. All right, coming up next, Mike Gravala joins the show. Of Dwayne Haskins and the tweet that I posted this weekend. It was insensitive, it was a mistake, and I can assure you it is not my intention. I wish I could have that tweet back. The focus should have been on Dwayne, who he was as a person, a husband, a friend, and so much more. I wanted to apologize to Dwayne's family, his friends, the players in the National Football League, and offer my condolences to everybody close to Dwayne. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now from the Las Vegas Sun is Mike Gramala. Good morning. How are you? Hey Mike. I'm good. How are you guys doing today? Very good. All right. I've got a I've got an actual UNLV football question for you. Doug Brumfield enters the transfer portal. Not really good to you lose quarterback depth, but should that be viewed as a good sign that Harrison Bailey might actually be a good quarterback for UNLV? Probably. I mean, that's, that was my immediate reading of, of the situation. Um, you had uh, Marcus Arroyo speaking uh, kind of glowingly about uh, Harrison Bailey and his work ethic and his, uh, his uh, 
the fact that he's embracing the, the quarterback competition and, and, you know, really fighting for the job. And then, you know, about five minutes after Marcus Arroyo said that, Doug Brumfield was on Twitter saying, you know, that he was transferring. <laughs> so I think Marcus Arroyo had, an, I, you know, obviously Arroyo knew at the time that one of his quarterbacks was leaving. So I think you can sort of read that into his comments that he, um, he likes Harrison Bailey. He's probably climbing up the depth chart. I would put him probably at number one right now. Um, and, you know, that's no slight to Doug Brumfield. I mean, he, the, the kid wants to play. If you want to play and there's someone else who's number one at your position, um, then if you want to find somewhere where you think you have a better chance to get on the field, then that's uh, your prerogative, and that's, that's probably a good move for him. Um, but, yeah, I think that does speak to uh, Harrison Bailey probably entrenching himself as the, the starting quarterback. So did you read between the lines that everything he said Doug Brumfield wasn't? Not necessarily. I mean, that's the the cynic in me wants to to read it like that. Like, oh, oh, you want to transfer? Let me go, and I'm going to praise this kid for being everything you're not. But it's probably more of just, hey, like he know he knows Harrison Bailey is his guy probably, and he just wants to pump him up a little bit in the spring, even though he's probably not going to name him the starting quarterback. <laughs> no, why would you? <laughs> quite a while yet, but. Um, I think it's pretty obvious what direction they're going in. Hold on, hold on. If Cameron Friel enters the transfer portal, will Marcus Arroyo still not name a starter? They've got so many other quarterbacks on the roster. Not, I mean, they're they're not scholarship quarterbacks, but they've got other quarterbacks. They've got a true freshman coming in the fall. Um, they've got other options. I it's, it's going all the way to week one, I'm sure. All right, UNLV basketball question. They landed a transfer in Jackie Johnson from Duquesne. A small guard. Uh, what do you think Jackie Johnson's going to be for UNLV? A scorer, a scorer and a shooter. It's a he's a kid who uh, puts the ball up when he when he gets it. I think he averaged you know twenty five shot attempts uh, per hundred possessions for Duquesne as a true freshman, as a five foot ten true freshman, which would have been second on the UNLV team behind Bryce Hamilton, who is you know I think around like thirty two shots per hundred. So I mean this is a kid who's going to take a lot of shots or unless UNLV, unless Kevin Kruger says, you know, we're going to bring him in here and then have him change his game and play differently. Um, he can probably maybe tone it down a little bit, but it seems like that's who he is as a player. He's a, he's a small guy, but he is a, a shoot first, offensively minded, get to the basket, put up the three pointer type of scorer. And the, the good news is that I think he's a, a pretty good scorer. Um, he does get to the rim. He's got a good first step. He can get by defenders, which is something that they really lacked at the point guard position last year. That no one was penetrating and really breaking down the defense and putting them in rotation. And this is a, a kid who I think has a, a better chance to do that than probably anyone on the roster at that position now. I'm going to like this kid then. What is this, Jovan Mooring 2.0? Uh, it's not a bad comparison. Um, he doesn't have the size quite of, of Jovan Mooring, but uh, we'll see. It's it's tough to the a lot of it is tough to to tell. I, I did watch a little bit of his from his games from last year, and Duquesne was just it's a they were a mess to the point where it's hard to sort of evaluate players for an amateur <laughs> like myself because you you just don't know what they're doing on the floor or what the plan is. But um, if he's Jovan Moore in two point oh, you think UNLV fans would be happy with it. that? Was actually my first thought was like he's going to be polarizing the way that Jovan Mooring was polarizing. Do you think fans would like that? Uh, the problem for Jovan Mooring was he played on bad teams. He was the best player on a bad team that was just t- putting up all the shots. If they're actually decent next year, 
I don't think it'll be as polarizing. But if they if they suck, if they're like eight and ten in the Mountain West, oh yeah, we're, he's going to get Jovan Mooring treatment if that's how he plays. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Like it's it's too bad Jovan Mooring uh, didn't have eight or nine years of eligibility. He'd be good to have right now. <laughs> uh, what? How do you think the the portal's going? Are they? I, I see a lot of names, but I also see a lot of Power Fives involved with school teams or kids that they think they're involved with. I mean, slower than you imagined at this point. It has gone a little bit slower in terms of players uh, bringing players in, but I think that's sort of expected because of the the type of player they're going after. Um, last year, I think they were working more towards the bottom of the the chain of the food chain in terms of prospects. They you know going after guys from Power Five teams, but guys who didn't play and had no track record and did not have quite the, the fierce competition um, from other suitors. Whereas this year, I think they they're aiming a little higher. Um, like if you look at you know just uh, purely on statistics, like Jackie Johnson blows Donovan Williams and Royce Ham like out of the water in terms of what he did as a freshman versus what those other two guys did in you know six combined years at Texas before coming to UNLV. Uh, so I think they they've got their sights set higher, and sometimes those recruiting battles take a little longer to play out just because you've got more options, you've got more intriguing options, you've really got to um, get to know the coaches and really go down the, the line in the process. So um, it's a, it's, I know it's, it's probably frustrating for fans to have to wait this long and you've only got one player and you're getting nervous. And, but trust me, there will be plenty of, of talented players in the transfer portal. There's more going in every day. Like it's, it's, they're not close to the end. Like they're, you're not, they're not going to run out of, of options. Like there's always going to be good players in there. So um yeah, it, it is taking a while, but I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's uh, off script just yet. All right, uh, explain to us what happened. I'm going to read a tweet that you sent. Stopped at KFC for lunch. Not too familiar with the menu there. Placed my order, and the drive-through clerk helpfully informs me it would be cheaper if I make it a meal. Sure. Final tally: thirty-one dollars and forty-four cents for three giant bags of food. I think I got upsold. What the hell happened to you at KFC that you spent $31? I think the tweet pretty much sums it up. I, I stopped there on my way home, and I don't really go there. I'm more of a Canes guy. Um, so I'm reading the menu, and I, I place what I think is my order. You know, I said, give me the whatever, the five- or six-piece chicken tenders. Give me large fries. Give me uh, a soda and a biscuit, and I'm, I think, you know, and then she says, you know, it, it would be less expensive if you combine that and to make it a meal. And I said, oh, that's great. Thank you for doing the math for me. You consolidated my order. You're obviously more familiar. I'm putting myself in your hands. And she goes, okay. Um, next window. So I pull up, and then, like, they, she didn't say it on the intercom. So that made me a little bit nervous. But I pulled the, you know, whatever. I had no idea it was going to happen. So I pull up. Thirty-one forty-four. That's I don't know. To me, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Should be a Way lot of chicken. I expected to spend on one fast food meal. Wow. What? So hold on. What all did you get? Because the tweet you I see dude. two boxes of food, two yeah, fries, and then a and then a bag. Uh, there's still food two, in that bag. I got two. Uh, I got ten chicken tenders in total. There's two boxes of five tenders apiece. I got two gigantic large fries. I got a mac and cheese, which I haven't even touched yet. Um, I got the large Coke, and then I got four biscuits. 
Four biscuits. What am I going to do with four biscuits? I'll take them. Can't eat four biscuits at a meal. I had I had two yesterday. I had so I had the KFC for lunch, and then a few hours later, I had it again for dinner. And I still have I still have two biscuits left. I still have fries left. I still have a couple chicken tenders left. I'm going to be eating this forever. Was this the first time you've ever been there? In a long time, yes. And it's also a location where I drive past it on my way home, and I have literally never seen a car in the drive-thru <laughs> going through there. And that's kind of went through my head. I was like, oh, I never see anyone there. Let me check it out. I don't know why. but So I went there, and I dropped a lot of money, and I'm eating a lot of KFC. I still don't know quite what happened. but <laughs> And I was – it's hard to, in the moment, it's easy to say, oh, just why didn't you ask about it or inquire or just – take off and just leave, but it's hard to do that, you know, when, she, when someone's looking right at your face and you're, you're talking to them and they, they give you the total, you can't just speed off. Um, <laughs> so I, I paid it and that's, I'm eating it now, working my way through it. Unbelievable. So I, the, based on what you're saying, I am assuming she thought you were trying to order two chicken tender meals. There, I, I think so. I think there's some kind of misunderstanding, obviously, with what I wanted to order. Um, but it seems like I got two orders of food, but I only got like if they were going to give me two meals of food, wouldn't they give me the second drink? I guess I don't I, understand. I don't quite understand. Listen, but, um, you were the only customer for that hour and they had to make at least $30 off of you. And they did. <laughs> it was, you think they saw me coming? They did. They're like, Oh, here, here comes a sucker. Here he is. <laughs> we're going to get him. We're going to get him with this upsell to $31 for some KFC. Uh, you got the family meal. It, it's too much. That's going to look horrible on my tax return. It's going to be like. Still got chicken out of this. Like, I mean, yes, he got more chicken than he wanted, but he still got chicken. But he got fries. Those yeah. don't reheat well. It's it's not it's not the best food oh, for reheating. Whoa, whoa. Well. Toaster oven. Toaster oven Hold is on. the key to Mike fries. Mike do you own a toaster oven? I don't. I yeah. have a conventional oven yeah, that I use sometimes, but no toaster sometimes. oven. What would yeah. you do with the biscuits? All in the fridge, right? Yeah, I ate yeah. one uh, with the first meal, one with the second meal, the other two are in the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. He's Mike Gramala. Even when it's not because you're afraid to eat something, your food stories always entertain. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. So, Mike Gramala getting up charged to $31 at KFC. That's fun. It's a fun story. Family family meal, apparently. Family meal. Ban children from KFC, too. <laughs> you look at a bunch of other sad stories, it's like, if guys don't play ball, then bad shit happens. Right. Like, that's their way out. Right. And so when people are, like, so critical of it, it's like, these guys are, that's the way Life's they. Life's on the line. I would love to show up to somebody's cubicle and just boo the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. And, see, and watch, watch them crumble. 10,000 people. No, I'm wrong. This guy sucks. Bad I'm sale. wrong for saying bad that. Sale. I'm wrong for saying that. We talk but about that all the time, though. We said that on the show. I've said that literally yeah. on the show. Not nervous. I also have no idea where I'm going, but I'm not nervous because I, like, I've gone through a lot of in the past few years, but now I'm, I'm going to control what I can control. I'm going to try and impact as many people as I possibly can and work my ass off doing it. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is The Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. People should charge Baker Mayfield $50 for a ticket to come to their work and boo him. I think that, that would be, be a, hilarious. A fair trade off. You got to pay. You got to pay a ticket to boo yeah. him, but you can you can show up and boo whoever you want. Baker Mayfield. Um, I got an email from the Diamondbacks asking for my feedback on the game. Oh, Should no. I tell them to ban children? 
I mean, I suppose you can. That's your feeling, right? That's your yeah. true feelings. There would have been a much better experience for me if all children were banned. I get an email from airlines, and yes, I do give them my serious and true opinion. <laughs> and, I don't, and usually the emails are cut off at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't sugarcoat anything off airlines nowadays. So you send emails to airlines that, well, readers, they send me that the, readers send to you. They say, yes, they send, <laughs> well... Yes, I mean, they say probably me with the, still nicer language. Yes, very slightly much. nicer, because it's a survey. You are you are able to write in comments, but mostly it's like grade zero to ten. So, are you I, given a lot of zeros? I, I shade to the left if you're at five. <laughs> if you're at five, I shade to the left. So I had to do one of those for a unnamed airline. And I basically said throughout the thing, it was awful. It was god awful. Will you be using us again? Yeah. <laughs> Your prices are too cheap. I know what I'm getting. This is going to be a terrible experience. I'm guessing it might be the same airline. Does, it, does anybody fill out start with an S? feedback surveys after they're happy? Yeah. I don't. I do. Yeah, you do? Yeah. Mostly fast food places because they'll give you a free sandwich. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. If you're incentivized to get something free, I guess. I was just thinking because, like, I don't feel like people are never like, oh, that's a great experience. Let me go tell them how great they did at their job. So in reality, every every survey that companies get back are going to be completely right. negative and terrible right. because the only people that do it are the ones that hate them. That's why Yelp is not a good system because the only people that go on Yelp to or to complain or about to complain about anything. Yeah, yeah most comments like, you see on Yelp are positive though, because they hide the bad ones. Okay, you got to go. You got to filter by old. Or I stopped by, using uh, it. One stars. I stopped using it because yeah. you go on like, Yelp. This... All the all the top reviews are usually like four and five stars. You got to like do a weird filter to find the uh, the one star reviews. But remember when we did technically correct and we read one star reviews of stadiums across the yes. country? That was good. That was that a was fun. There were segment. reviews out there. Yeah, we found. I think it might have been Google reviews of different football, basketball, baseball uh, stadiums across the country, and read the stupid reviews people left. It'd be people like me saying ban children. It'd be stupid suggestions like that. It took me twenty minutes to get a beer on one dollar beer night. Oh, yeah. Like okay. it's just like, well, yeah, yeah, that's gonna happen. That's how it there's works. gonna be a line. <laughs> Bad children. I cannot believe it. It's a complete the, disaster. The but, urinals did not have uh, the dividers between them. <laughs> Listen, I will say, I, maybe I should do the survey and leave them some nice comments. They have so many concession stands. Oh, at uh, Arizona? Unbelievable. I'm sure there weren't very long lines. No, not at all. But there were so many concession stands. You could just walk two steps to the next one if there was a line at the one you wanted to go No hot to. dogs with the kids in line? Uh, I did not get a hot dog yesterday. I got some enchiladas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Noted stadium food enchiladas. <laughs> it, was, it was very good too. It was. It, they were very good enchiladas. Yeah, they got. They, listen, it's a good ballpark. It's a solid, solid. No, it ballpark. is. It oh, is. Would do ballpark do baseball ballparks age better than other sports stadiums? Because Chase Field was open in 1998, and I was like, this is this is pretty good. Where I feel like if I walked around a basketball arena that was open in 98, I'd be like, this place sucks. It's a good question. Maybe because the football stadiums do as well because now there's all everyone wants a new one. Yeah, well. Everyone wants new football stadiums. I mean. That's just because they want money. It's the, I mean, when you talk about the premier stadium, obviously, you know, talking Dodger Stadium. No, that the is most the be- worst of the, the stadiums most beautiful I've been one. to. Not even beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's gorgeous. I love Kaufman. Of the, of the five, four or five ballparks I went to in the last 12 months, beautiful. it's hands down the worst I've been to. Did you get a Dodger dog? Yes. And? It's a hot dog. 
It's a big hot dog. Yes. Well, I, I will yeah, say is. every time I've ever been to a Dodgers game, the my favorite part is you can really stretch out because none of their fans are actually in their seats. They're all on the walkway <laughs> talking to each other in large groups. I'll agree with that. Like, and in the and seventh inning on, you can sit, you can talk to Dave Roberts. You can go and talk to him. Hey, Davey. You, you can tell him to leave Kershaw. Kershaw, in the Kershaw game. has a perfect game. What are you doing now, buddy? He's on a pitch gun. I mean, he has now. He August. has asked me to stop talking yeah. to him. But. It's now August. Does he still have a pitch count? He's got a perfect game going. Dodger Stadium is actually not that good of a ballpark. It's oh, not. It's oh, I love it. It's terrible. Love it. Well, like, maybe because it's the Dodgers. But between what did I? I went to San Diego. In the background. Oh, you like San Diego? San Diego's Houston good. and. Arizona in the last. Well, take Houston months. out because you're going to be biased like I am with Dodger State. It's not. As, it's not as nice. It's old. It looks old. It's the other weird. three. The other three look new. Which one do you like? Uh, Petco's probably feels the nicest, but I think Arizona was the best actual experience. Aside Even from with the kids. kids. Aside from the kids, but the actual like, I mean, they can't really control the kids that are there. But no. like the actual ballpark Ugh. itself, I think it's probably Arizona. I mean, they have, they have two dollar and ninety nine cent corn dogs. No, their food options are and I can, are better. And than I don't most. have to wait in yeah. line to get it because there's no. seventy four concessions. Yeah. Stands no, their that food are options. Open. We went and did a story a couple years ago with Cassie when it was when supposedly the Rays were coming or someone's coming. So we went and did a story on Arizona and their ballpark, and the food options were amazing as we walked around the concourse. It's great. Now they did open the roof when it was cold and windy. So I am I did I I got a lot of notes for this feedback. I'm going to leave the Diamondbacks. They're not going to be happy with me.